I had my yearly physical this past week. Say, say good job, Pastor. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, as typically happens when you go in for your yearly physical, they did three things before I even went to see the, before I got to see the doctor. What are those three things? They just yell them out. You probably had the same thing happen. What are the three things that happened? No, they didn't take my weight. Uh, well, thank you, Randy. They took my pulse, they checked my blood pressure, and they took my blood. All right? Now, this is what happened. So, first thing they did was they, they took my pulse, and as they stuck that little thing on the end of my finger, the lady looks at me. And she said, are you feeling okay? <laughs> I said, yeah, why? And she goes, are you a runner? And then I giggled. I said, no, not really. I'm not a runner. I, uh, I do run a couple of times a week, but not very hard, just to let everybody know. Uh, why? And she goes, well, your resting heart rate was 42. I wondered if you were about ready to pass out. I said, well, actually, that's kind of normal. I'm usually between 42 and 47. She said, well, as long as you're not dizzy, I guess that's okay. And then she took my blood pressure, and she looked at me again. She said, wow! She said, uh... Your, your blood pressure is 112 over 67. That one did surprise me a little bit because just living with Lisa, I'm telling you. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Actually, what I said to her was, you know what? It, it, it generally, what it depends on is not my wife. It depends on which arm they take my blood pressure in. Does anybody else have that happen? If they take it out of my left arm, my blood pressure will be lower than if they take it out of the... Why is that? Does anybody here know that? Why? Jolene, why? It, it happens. Regardless, I am unbalanced. <laughs> Regardless, what I, which arm they take it out, it, my blood pressure is good, is what the point was. Now, in full disclosure, I'll admit to you, I have not got results back about my blood uh, as for uh, my cholesterol. That's what I usually struggle with. My Pulse rate and my blood pressure are usually good, but cholesterol is usually an issue. Now you're enraptured by my tests, aren't you? <laughs> you're probably sitting back there, Craig, we don't care what's this all about. Well, listen to me. If you've been here the last two or three weeks here at Prairie Bible Church, you'll know that we have been using uh, kind of a, a spiritual health theme that will help us to, that is intended to help us to, to be the disciple of Christ that God created us to be. A couple of weeks ago, we determined or we began the process of diagnosing the possibility that some of us are spiritually sick, right? And the good news is, especially for those of us that are spiritually sick, is that the next week we determined the cure for all spiritual sickness. No matter what your spiritual sickness might be, we determined or we identified the cure, which basically, when you boil it down, is a relationship with Jesus. The answer is always Jesus, by the way. For everything in life, the answer is always Jesus. Well, today, we are continuing with that spiritual health theme um, as we determine the level of your spiritual healthiness. You see, one of the mistakes that human beings um, make oftentimes is when it comes to our health, whether our physical health or our spiritual health, is we think it's an either-or question, and it's not. Um, your health, 
especially your spiritual health, but your physical health well, as well, is kind of a, a process. You're, it's a continuum. And we are always um, in the process of becoming more healthy or unhealthy, I guess you could say. And there are tools, just as a, a doctor has tools to determine uh, where you're at on the health spectrum physically, there are also tools that um, are available that will help us to determine or diagnose where we're at on the spiritual health spectrum as well. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to open them up to Galatians chapter 5. You already heard Paige uh, read them, but I want you to open them up to Galatians chapter 5 because I want you to get comfortable with your Bibles, because you should be using your Bibles every day as part of your daily devotions. I hope that you are uh, memorizing Scripture. I was just talking with a friend of mine just this morning, and we were talking about how our brains are muscles. Did you know that? If you use your muscles, you're going to get stronger, and your brain is a muscle. If you And one of the most um, effective, healthy things that you can do to exercise your brain is to memorize Scripture even if it's just a couple of verses once in a while. If you do it every day, you'll find it makes a big difference in everything. All right. So Galatians chapter 5 is what I want you to open up to. And as you're doing that, I'll give you just a little bit of background or history that will inform our passage for today. Bible scholars will tell you that as Christians, um, there are two books of the Bible that Christians should become as familiar and intimate with as they possibly can. All the books of the Bible, as Megan says, are God-breathed. They are God's Word. They're important. You should be reading them. But these two books, Bible scholars would say, are especially important for you to understand and dig into and study. And they are the books of Romans and the one we're going to look at today, the book of Galatians. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell us the story of Jesus, right? They, they help us to understand and to um, better get to know who Jesus is. The, the books of Romans and Galatians, on the other hand, what they do is they teach us what faith in Jesus is and what it ought to look like practically in our lives. So whether you are a new Christian or you've been a Christian your whole life, um, if you aren't or you haven't been studying these two books of the Bible, I would encourage you to do that. They are not always easy, especially the book of Romans, but I would encourage you to do that because as a new Christian, you need to know what faith in Jesus is. And you need to know what it ought to look like as it is exhibited in your life. But if you've been a Christian your whole life, I think it's sometimes even more important to study because this is what happens. When things have been a part of your life for a long time, what do we do? We take them for granted, don't we? It can be people. It can be things. So it, if, as you study the book of Romans and Galatians, what it will help you to do, I hope, is to remind you of why you fell in love with Jesus in the first place. And it will encourage you to be living out that love in a practical way. And that leads us to our passage for today. In Galatians chapter 5, as Paige read for you a moment ago, in Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul 
empowered by the Holy Spirit, says this. He says, these are the attributes of a healthy Christian life. He actually uses the analogy of fruit. He said, these are the fruits that a healthy Christian will be producing in their lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, or some those are the nine, whether they were in that order. <laughs> I probably wasn't right with the order, was I? Was I? All right, good. Those are the attributes. Those are the, um, the fruits that a healthy Christian life will produce. Now, this is what I want you to notice about this list of nine attributes. They actually fall into two categories. Now, you may have never noticed this before, but they do. There's the, first, the first three are the first category. And the first three, love, joy, and peace, they're kind of like your spiritual baseline. Those are kind of like uh, your pulse rate, your uh, blood pressure, and your blood tests, all right? Those are the things that all the others will kind of grow. Your healthiness will grow out of those three things. So they're there. And those are more internal issues, but they're your primary baseline um, to your spiritual health. And what you will discover is that the other six, the healthiness, the healthiness or whether or not you are actually exhibiting those other six in your life will depend in large part on how healthy you are with the first three. Love, joy, and peace. Does that make sense? For example, when I look at my spiritual health, um, I usually exhibit love and joy. I keep that in a healthy zone pretty regularly. The one that I struggle with is peace. And when I struggle with peace in my life, I generally have a lack of patience and self-control. Anyone else want to say amen to that? You see, where, you see how they correlate? If you don't have peace... If you struggle with a healthy level of peace in your life, you're going to struggle with patience and self-control. Now, some people might struggle with um, joy. And if you struggle with joy, you may then have a lack of faithfulness in your life. Well, how is that? Well, think about it this way. If you struggle with joy in your life, maintaining a healthy level of joy in your life, um, it's like you will then struggle with the motivation to faithfully live out the important things that you know are important, but it's just hard to do, right? Some people may struggle with, with love. And people who struggle with the foundational issue of love will struggle um, exhibiting kindness and goodness towards other people. See, everything is correlated together. Now, I share these things with you um, along with this reminder. There are two pitfalls that we human beings, when we, when we go through this, um, this spiritual health exam, there are two possible pitfalls that you might fall into. The first one might be this. You'll look at your exams and you'll say, well, you know what? I'm doing really good over here. Good job, Craig. But these over here I'm not doing really good at. So I'm just going to focus on the good things and ignore the bad things and call myself healthy. 
Or, and if you're a pessimist, you might say, I, oh my gosh, my life is a mess. I can't, I look what I'm not doing. So, oh sure, there are these good things over here that I'm doing well. Don't do either one of those things. Your spiritual health is not a destination, in other words. You are, remember earlier when I said it's kind of like you are, you are in the process of becoming healthy? You're on a, com, a, a continuum, if you will. You're on a journey. There's actually a spiritual term for this journey towards spiritual healthiness, and it's called sanctification. The process of sanctification is basically the process or the journey of you becoming more like Jesus. And you know what? That, you, that is not something that in this life especially that you'll ever fully accomplish. There's going to be days when you take two steps forward in some of these areas and, and one step back. So don't beat yourself up and don't get too cocky because we're on a journey together. And the most important thing that I need to tell you about this journey is that this was never a journey that you were meant to take by yourself. The great physician, Jesus, wants to take this journey with you. So this is what I'm inviting you to do this morning. I want you to begin identifying where you're at on the spectrum. Where are you on the journey? What are the areas of your spiritual health where you're doing good? And take time to celebrate those things and, and also identify the areas that need some work. And, and once you've identified all those areas, give them to Jesus. Just as you should be giving all that you are to Jesus. And know and believe that in His hands, He can do some beautiful and wonderful things that will make a difference in the world.